You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to Romans chapter 6. Very familiar passage of Scripture. I think by now, most of you know that I like to always begin the message with a question for you to really ponder and to think about. And the question I'd like to present to you today as we enter into this message is, how many of you would like a better life? Can I just see your hand? If you would like a better life, all right, so the rest of you want a worse life. That wasn't a trick question. You're not carnal to raise your hand and say, I want a better life. And I think if all of us were really honest, every one of us would have raised our hand and would have said, you know what, I'd like my life to be even better than it is right now. Some of you have a really good life going on right now, but a really good life can turn bad real quick, right? Yeah. But do you want a better life? I want you to think about this. If you want a better life, How about making some better choices in life? Romans chapter 6, verse 13, and I'll read through verse 19. And notice all the choices that if you would make them correctly would lead to a better life. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin... But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin? Shall we make that decision that we're going to sin in our life? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? God forbid. He could have expressed any stronger disdain for that know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves that decision you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom you obey whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness choices have consequence but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, ye have obeyed, you made the right choice from the heart, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to unrighteousness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. You want a better life? Let's make some better decisions in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the message this morning. This is something that you have laid heavily upon my heart to share with your people. And Father, our lives consist of the decisions that we make. So many times we have made poor decisions and we've suffered the consequences of those decisions and then there's been times when 
By your grace, we have made the right decisions in life, and we've reaped real reward as a result of that. So, Father, I pray you'd peel back any blindness that Satan may bring to my people today, that we would see clearly the truth of Scripture in this area of decision-making. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you would like to have fewer conflicts in your relationship with others? Maybe a closer friendship, maybe a better marriage. I think we all want better marriages. A better relationship with your children, a better relationship with your parents, more financial security, maybe a healthier life, more success in your business dealings. You'd like to be more effective in your leadership or in the ministries that God has given you. If you don't want to be better in all of those areas of life, then you can just get up and leave right now. But if you want to be better in all those areas and many more, then stay with us for the remainder of this message. God has given to every one of us the ability to make decisions. For those who study such things, they tell us that the average person, this is, this is almost mind-boggling, but they tell us that the average person makes 35,000 choices a day. Now, obviously, we're making choices and not even realizing that we're doing unconsciously we're making choices. But 35,000 choices per day. Now, assuming that the average person sleeps seven hours a day, some of you are way above average. We would say for seven hours a day, you are choice-free. So I did a little bit of mathematics here. That means that we roughly make 2,000 decisions every hour. Or one decision every two seconds. Wow. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter with me. So the secret to improving your life is improving the decisions that you're making in your life. 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm going to pick up with verse 8. Finally, I, lo I love how Peter, he must have been a Baptist because he says, finally, and he goes on for a few more chapters. <laughs> so I feel in good company. I feel in good company there. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion. It's a decision we make. Having compassion one of another. What's the next word? What? Love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil. Make a decision to be positive in your life. Or railing for railing, counterwise, blessing, knowing that ye hereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. Does God want us to be blessed in our life? Absolutely. 
But that blessing of God really is dependent upon the kind of choices that we make according to this text. Verse 10, for he that will love life. You want a better life? For he that will love life and see good days. You want a better life? Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Let him askew evil. That means turn away from it. You see evil, you you run away from it. You make that decision. Not going there. If you want a better life, you have to askew evil and do what? I can't hear you. What? Do good. You run away from evil. You don't make that decision to go there. And you do good in your life. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Those who make righteous decisions. And his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do what, church? Evil. You want a better life. you got to start making some better decisions in your life. I decided this week that I was going to do a secular study on happiness and how to have a better life. This is something that I don't do. I, I always just spend my time in God's Word and forget the humanist. But I thought this week, I just want to see What the world says is the secret to happiness. How to find purpose in life. How to have a better life. So what I'm going to share with you right now comes totally from a secular perspective and those who have studied this issue. Okay? Not those that are just throwing ideas out there about how to be happy, but those who have sincerely sincerely studied people and have found out what makes people truly happy. It was very interesting to me that as I read these articles and I did this study, that two keys to happiness kept coming up in every article. You want to know what they were? What do you think the first one was? What? I can't understand you. No. No. What? Love for others. Loving others was the number one thing that even the secular community said, if you'll love others, you'll be happy in life. Does anyone know what maybe the second one was? Ben taught on it today in Sunday school. Being grateful. If we would just love others more than we love ourselves, and if we would just learn to be grateful, we would discover the key to happiness. Hmm. Sounds like someone else said that a long time ago. One article said this, Since your expression of love and gratefulness is solely up to you, you already have the key to your own happiness. It's your decision. 
If you're not happy in life, the reason why you're not happy is because you are self-focused and you have become ungrateful for the things that God has blessed you with. Paul held a pastor's conference in Ephesus. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, listen to what he said to the pastors who were assembled there. He said, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak, those that are poor, those who are really needy, support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. What were those words? It is more, it is more blessed to what? Give than it is to receive. What is Paul saying to the pastors? He's saying, listen, if you want to be happy in life, learn to give. Don't look to see what you can get. See, I believe we're all going to live our lives either looking for what we can get in life or looking to what we can give. Stop and think about it. Every decision we make, we're making either looking to get something or we're looking to give something. So the key to happiness is really coming to the play. The key to having a better life is getting the focus off of yourself and getting that focus onto the Lord and getting that focus on to others. You've heard me say this before in my ministry that there are 59 one another's in Scripture. The Bible says we're to serve one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to bear one another's burdens. We're to admonish one another, encourage one another. We are to pray one for another. But what do you think is the one another that heads the top of the list by far? What? Love one another. So why does God put that at the top of the list? Because He knows that if we want to have a better life, we have to get the focus off of SELF and we have to start getting our focus onto others. Has God given us a free will? If there is one thing that is clear in the scriptures, it's that God has given us a free will, a will to choose. Are we going to love ourselves or are we going to love others? The right and the privilege of choice is ours. Your life will either be better. Are you still with me? Your life will either be better or it will be worse based on the choices that you make in life. Nothing. I mean, we'll go all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to the Garden of Eden in, Acts, or <laughs> in Genesis chapter 2. Did God give Adam and Eve a free will to choose? But God says, if you, if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely what? Thou shalt surely die. Now, now here, did Adam and Eve choose self? They chose self. Satan was able to deceive them into not listening to God, but listening to Him. And he said to them, In the day that thou eatest of, thou shalt not surely die, for God knows in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt be as gods, knowing good and evil. Focus on yourself. And they acted upon their selfishness. 
and they partook. Let me ask you a question again. How did that go for them? Instead of thinking about others and thinking about what are the consequences of this decision that I'm going to make, they decided that they were going to act upon their own selfish desires. And it did not go well for them. And guess what? It hasn't gone well for us either. The choices we make do have consequences. I wish we could just not listen to the devil when he tells you there are no consequences involved in the decisions that we make. Moses said this to the children of Israel, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you this choice. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed, think about the future, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his voice, and thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, few there be that find it. Life and death, blessing and cursing, the two roads. Now stop right now and think about yourself. And think about what road you may be on in life. Are you on that road of the fulfillment of self and the desires of the flesh? Think about this. One day we're all going to stand before the Lord in the day of judgment. That should scare every one of us. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. How many of you knew that? Can I see your hand? We all know that that's a reality. We all know that one day that's going to happen, but we kind of put it way back in our memory bank and we don't draw it up as often as we should. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one of us may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be what good or bad the choices that we make in life are either good or they're what they're bad so satan is always there to tempt us to be self-focused to be consumed with our own desires and with our own lust to make decisions out of the will of god that's why he has come to steal and kill and to destroy. Watch ye and pray that ye enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Is your weak flesh? Mine is. And he's going to appeal to that. Submit yourself therefore to God. What? 
resist the devil and he will flee from you. Neither give place to the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles, against the temptations of the devil. Giving in to temptation. Please, please, please listen to me. Giving in to temptation can be devastating for you. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God will, with that temptation, make a way to escape it, that ye may be able to bear it. There's one thing we all should know. We all should know that Satan is a deceiver, he is a liar, he is the great tempter, and he wants to get us to the point to where we think our will is really God's will. Or to get us to think, even though this may not be God's will, and even though it may be a decision outside of God's plan and purpose for my life, there's, if I make this decision, there really isn't going to be any adverse consequences to it. That's why the Bible says to us as believers, be not deceived. Some of you here are old enough now to know there are always consequences for our decisions. And I think this is one of the things that really shows us the level of maturity in a person's life. One of the reasons that I'm always so concerned about our young people, and I love our young people with all of my heart, but one of the reasons I'm so concerned about our young people is because of the foolish decisions that we see them making that we know may have lifelong consequences to them and yet satan has somehow tricked them into believing no i can do this and there'll be zero consequences young people please listen to your pastor that is not true and your parents who love you have tried to convince you of that your preacher loves you. If there's one thing our young people should know, you should know your preacher loves you. And he loves me enough that he keeps telling me these things over and over and over again. I shared with you just the other day, my wife and I were just spending some time reflecting back over our many years of, of ministry and looking at all the young people who bought into Satan's lie, who are now, now no longer walking with God, and I'm here to tell you, in every single case, things have not gone well for them. In every single case. Listen to me. Every single case. So why do you think that things will go well for you? I'll tell you, it breaks our heart. Every one of us need to come to the decision in our lives that we are going to serve God with our lives and we are going to do our best to walk in obedience to Him and to His will and, and not ours. Joshua said this. He said, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, would, God, would, there, would there actually be some of God's own people who would think it's evil to serve the Lord? That, say, that you could be so deceived 
by Satan that you would think it's evil to serve him? That if you serve God, somehow he's going to mess up? He's going to ruin your life? I have never seen God ruin a person's life, but boy, have I seen people ruin their own lives. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Many of you have this phrase hanging in your home. But as for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. You have to come to that decision. Your preacher can't make you come to that decision. Boy, have I learned that over the years. I can preach my heart out. And I can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. But that decision rests solely upon you. Your parents cannot make you serve the Lord. Oh, they'd love to. Believe me, they'd love to. And there's nothing that breaks the heart more of a godly parent than to see their children making these foolish, foolish decisions that they know are going to reap adverse consequences on down the road in their life. You think about the temptation of Jesus. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and after 40 days and 40 nights, he was what? He was what? After four hours, I'm hungry. But after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, I can't imagine, and Satan comes to him in that weakened condition and says to him, you think you're so great? Make these stones turn into bread. Did Jesus do it? Satan then takes him to a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And said, all of these, remember he's the God of this world. He said, all the kingdoms of this world I will give you. You can avoid the cross. I'll give them to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Did Jesus give in to it? Satan takes him to Jerusalem and puts him on the pinnacle of the temple and says, if you really are the Son of God, now did he know he was the Son of God? If you really are the Son of God, cast thyself down and the angels will come and swoop you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. You know what that tells me? The devil's never going to leave you alone. He may leave you for a while, but he's going to come right back. And then it says this, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Why did he return in the power of the Spirit in Galilee? Because he rejected Satan's temptations. You want a better life? 
I'm dead serious. You've got to start making some better decisions in your life. So we all know that life is composed of the decisions that we make. Now, wow. Do you have a plan? If decisions are really that important and every decision we make has a consequence and everyone is either good or bad and everyone is going to lead to a good life or a not so good life, do you have a plan by which you make decisions? I don't even have time to begin to get into this today, so I'm going to come back to this tonight. I really want all of you to be back here tonight. But the Bible says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. This is the right way to go. This is the right decision. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So I'm going to share with you tonight ten very simple, basic steps on how to make wise decisions right in the center of God's will for your life. See how many more pages I got to go here? Finally. This is just a quick overview of where I'm going to take you tonight. And seriously, here's what I want you to do tonight. When you come back, this, this message I'm preaching to you right now, this is one of those life-changing messages if you get a hold of the truths of it. When you come back here tonight, I want you to bring, all I want you to bring is a, is a pen to write with. And I want you to write all of these down in the flyleaf of your Bible. Because I want to share with you 10 ways to make right decisions. And if we make 35,000 decisions every day, 35,000 times a day, I want you to look in the flyleaf of your Bible. I really want you to get this very simple plan in your heart and in your mind. I want you to begin to operate your life based upon it. If we're going to make wise decisions, here's where we're going to go tonight. I'm going to, I'll put a PowerPoint together this afternoon and uh, we'll put it up here so you can see it here this evening. Number one is clear your heart of any known sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Number two, bring your desires into a position of neutrality. Not my will, but thine be done. Number three, exercise patience. God is seldom in a hurry. Number four, don't give in to peer pressure. Number five, don't be stubborn. I got a good verse for that one. You know what? It's okay to admit that you're wrong and to change your mind. Be persistent in prayer. Be persistent in prayer. 
If there's any doubt in your mind, don't. Seek godly counsel. Use some common biblical sense. And last is rest in the promise of God. If you seek me, you will what? So we're going to delve into each one of these tonight. Because as I think about my ministry as a pastor and what God has called me to do, you know what he's called me to do? He's called me to disciple you from this pulpit so that you can have a better life to the glory of God. But the most important decision that you will ever make in your life of the 35,000 that we make every day, the most important decision that you will make is to give your heart to Jesus. But as many as receive him, you have to make that decision that you're going to receive him as your Lord and personal Savior. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Behold, I stand at the door and you got a choice. Are you going to let him into your heart? Or are you going to keep the door shut? If you want a better life, start making some better decisions in your life. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.